Good morning, everyone. I just awoke to the news that James Jordan has died. For those of you who didn't know of him, he was an absolutely fierce opera lover, what I would call the quintessential opera queen, with all the good and the bad that that implies. Passionate devotion, and also perhaps a bit prickly and definitely opinionated. Nearly 30 years ago, he started a queer fanzine called Parterre Box, a mimeographed zine, which eventually ceased print publication and became the online website Parterre.com. I remember encountering the early issues of that zine when I was new in New York and being simultaneously fascinated and terrified by the world it represented. As I just wrote to the friend who told me, he terrified me to the same degree that he transformed and legitimized the experience of being a queer opera goer. Yeah, that just about sums it up. He was of such strong opinions, and I often read it, I often listened to the material that was posted on there, I was far too intimidated ever to contribute, but it really did also change my experience of opera, albeit at a remove. He was such a lover of Renata Scotto, and this was definitely a love that I shared with him. And so, in his memory, I'd like to offer a 1969 recording of Renata Scotto singing the Bellini song Vaga Luna Che in Argenti, which fits in quite well with the subject of today's episode. in power and cantankerousness, dear La Cheka. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Guntlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. 
Thank you for joining me on that path. And now, this week's episode. Well, hello there, my friends. I am nearly, hmm, 90% recovered, I would say. Boy, it's been a tough ordeal, this particular illness. It was not COVID, to my surprise, because it was much worse than the second time that I had COVID back in February. Anyway, no new Patreon supporters to welcome today. So let's get on with the episode, which is a very special one, as you shall find. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles Wild geese that fly with moon on their wings These are a few of my favorite things Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes Silver white winters that melt into springs These are a few of my favorite things when the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my feeling things, and then I don't feel so bad. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things. That's right, my dears, that was my favorite things without all the little brats, because in the original stage version of The Sound of Music, that is a number that the Mother Abbess and Maria sing together. Mary Martin, of course, created the role of Maria, and the Mother Abbess was portrayed by today's subject, Patricia Newway, who won a Tony for her stirring portrayal. I did a full episode celebrating Patricia Newway about a year and a half ago, I think. But there is a specific reason that I am bringing her up again. <laughs> and that is that I became aware of the availability of a very rare LP online that shows a surprising aspect of her artistry, which I will be presenting to you today. Before we listen to that record together, I just want to give you a little flavor of the versatility of Patricia Newway. Yes, she was the mother abbess, and that was no doubt her greatest success with the general public. And it was kind of the crowning jewel in what had already been a long career, and one which continued through at least 1972, when she portrayed the role of the widow Begbick in San Francisco Opera's production of Mahagoni. She had created the role of Magda Sorel in Giancarlo Menotti's The Consul. She was a core member of the New York City Opera in the 1950s. 
She performed as a leading prima donna of the Opera Comique for two years in the mid-50s, and she was always exploring unexpected repertoire, as we shall see. Okay, I said I wasn't going to give you a bio, so that's the bare minimum. I'm going to frame the episode with examples, front and back, of some of her rarer recordings. Before diving into the main record we're going to hear today, First of all, in 1959, she performed a program of songs based on texts by James Joyce, which she subsequently recorded for the Lyricord label. Very few of those songs, and in fact, very few of the composers, are really well known today. One of the composers whose name is perhaps more recognized than some of the others is John Gruen. Now, he was not primarily well-known for being a composer, but rather for being a writer on the arts and a photographer. He lived from 1926 to 2016, and in 2008, he wrote the tell-all autobiography, Kalas Kissed Me, Lenny Too, a critic's memoir. In that memoir, he described himself as writer, critic, journalist, bon vivant, Gadfly, busybody, father, husband, queer, neurotic, workaholic. So, that gives you some sense of who this person was. (laughs) Now, he has two settings of James Joyce that I'm going to play for you today. The first is one called Bahnhofstrasse. The pianist here is Robert Colston. No, I've actually said quite explicitly about Patricia Newey's extraordinary versatility as a musician. In that regard, I'm going to play just a very brief example of a recording she made in 1953 of Buxtehude solo cantatas. Now, Baroque music in those days did not sound the way that it does today. So there's a bit of instrumental sawing around, perhaps, but I have to say, I think that New Way has a very beautiful way of phrasing, even though perhaps her timbre is not what one would expect to hear in this repertoire, nor a voice of this weight. Nevertheless, her ability to scale back that voice makes for a very interesting performance when heard within the proper historical context. This is a very brief excerpt from the cantata Singet dem Herrn ein neues Lied. Herr Sieger, Herr Sieger, Herr Sieger. 
now I come to what is the bulk of this episode. Another 1953 release. This, an album entitled Patricia Newway in a Recital of Songs by Verdi, Bellini, and Mascagni. It was released on the Eterna label, which has no connection whatsoever with the East German label Eterna that often re-released recordings on Deutsche Grammophon and other labels during the years of a divided Germany. No, this is something else. It was rather primarily a reissue label that focused almost exclusively on recordings of great singers of the past. In fact, this LP was the inaugural release of a series to be entitled Great Singers of Today. But in fact, this record was the first, last, and only issue in that series. The label was begun in the 1950s, and I believe they continued to publish through, say, the mid-60s, perhaps the early 70s. The pianist here is named Thomas Meyer, and he was indeed German. He lived from 1907 to 2002, so we hear him more or less smack dab in the middle of his life. Now, Neway herself lived from 1919 to 2012, and therefore, at the time of this recording, she was in her mid-30s. She had already had her success as Magda in the consul. This would most likely have been around the time that she was appearing in Paris at the Opéra Comique. Further career successes and accomplishments remained on the horizon. What shocks me about this recording, and shocks me in a good way, is how attuned she is to the principles of bel canto. Unlike Renata Scotto, whom we heard at the very beginning, she does not have an Italianate timbre. But nevertheless, she has a beautiful way of phrasing. Her Italian diction is superb, and of course her musical sensibility is faultless. I'm going to play the vast majority of this recording. I think I left out a number or two just for reasons of timing. I found this recording, in fact, let me just tell you, on the Internet Archive website, which is at archive.org. There is an enormous cache of material, both audio and video, and printed books available on this website. It is an absolute treasure trove, and I'm so grateful to my friend Elliot, who is also a faithful listener to the podcast, for reminding me of how much material there is to be found here. And that is, in fact, where I found this recording of Patricia Newway. Let us not waste another moment. Let's listen to this record, shall we? We're going to start with a couple of Verdi songs. The first is the Brindisi from his second collection of songs published in 1845. Therefore, approximately contemporaneous with the famous drinking song in Macbeth of 1847, and a predecessor to the all-too-familiar Brindisi from La Traviata. The text is by Andrea Maffei, well-known as a translator, as well as an author in his own right, and he provided the libretto to Verdi's Schiller-based opera I Masnadieri. Mi scelto in mille vio, tu solo di chiaro, 
Perhaps worth remembering that Patricia Newway portrayed Lady Macbeth in an early outing of the NBC Opera Theatre. Yes, network television did produce opera in the 1950s, and these were early performing opportunities for a lot of great singers, including Judith Raskin, Patricia Newway, and Leontine Price, all three of whom appeared in the U.S. premiere of Poulenc's Dialogues of the Carmelites, as well as the NBC TV production of that opera. But as usual, I'm getting off topic. Let's get back to Verdi, okay? The next song of Verdi's that we shall hear is called La Seduzione, The Seduction, and it's set to a poem by Luigi Palestra. It tells a quite graphic tale of seduction, pregnancy out of wedlock, and death, all told in highly melodramatic language. She was as beautiful as an angel and as innocent as a budding flower when a wretched man aroused the first stirrings of love in her heart. Inexperienced and trusting, she was seduced and betrayed and pleaded in vain for a wedding ring. She was doomed to shame and scorn and suffered for nine months. Then, one presumes, in giving birth, she died begging pardon for her disloyal lover. The fruit of that vile betrayal, in other words, the child, was soon laid in the grave as well. But no cross, no memorial, no stone bears her name. It's out-and-out melodrama, but it's actually an incredibly compelling song and gorgeously performed. Il primo d'amore 
Next, we'll hear the song by Bellini, set to a text by Metastasio, Per pietà bellidol mio. This performance in particular highlights everything that I love about Patricia Neway's artistry. It's so beautifully realized, so stunningly vocalized and impeccably phrased. The diction is exactly right. The expression is on point and the sincerity and urgency with which she projects even a cliché-ridden text. This precious recording also features a number of songs by Mascagni. Let's begin with the song Serenata, set to a text by Lorenzo Stecchetti, which was the pen name of one Olindo Guerrini. Amorous doves sleep, their heads buried in their white wings. You are the same as you rest your blonde head on the pillow and dream rose-colored dreams. As you smile... A passing fairy brushes your face. It passes and tells you my blood is burning in my veins and my heart bleeds for you. As it passes, it tells you that I love you, that you are my sweetness and my torment. Do not wake, my flower of paradise, because I am coming into your dreams to kiss you. Bianco, dormono le palombe in un morato, 
Now, another thrice familiar Bellini song, Malinconia Ninfa Gentile. O melancholy, gentle nymph, I devote my life to you. One who despises your pleasures is not born to true enjoyment. We shall return to Verdi. This is a setting of a poem by Jacopo Vittorelli that was also set by Franz Schubert. Non t'accostar all'urna. Do not approach the urn which contains my bones. This compassionate earth is sacred to my sorrow. 
I refuse your flowers. I don't want your weeping. What use to the dead are a few tears and flowers? Cruel one, you should have come to help me when my life was ebbing away in suffering. With what futile weeping do you assault the woods? Respect a sad shade and let it sleep.
Bellini, of course, was one of the great melodists in the history of music, and his music was appreciated by figures as varied as Wagner and Chopin. And in this next song, L'Abbandono, one definitely hears the influence of Chopin, for these two artists were mutual admirers of each other and also provided inspiration one to the other. Why do you sigh, lonely breeze? Sighs are meant for me alone. For grieving and unhappy, I call on Daphnis, who does not hear my unbearable torment. Then the lamenting maiden addresses the busy bee. You who flit from flower to flower, listen to me. If you find him where he is, tell him to come back to the one who adores him, as you come back to the bosom of the roses at the first light of dawn. Oh, my 
Now, the most substantial of the Verdi songs. Perduta o la pace, I have lost my peace. This also is set to a text by Luigi Balestra, but it is a translation from Goethe's Faust, the same text that Schubert set in Gretchen am Spinnrade. It is the moment where Gretchen sits at her spinning wheel, mourning Faust, who has abandoned her. While it's not as specific or as ingenious, indeed as brilliant, as Schubert's setting, nevertheless, this is a very effective setting of this text.
This next one, a Mascagni song entitled Rosa, might be my favorite cut on this album. It's set to a text by Rocco Emanuele Pagliara, and it concerns itself with a poor rose in your prayer book, a poor heath rose that long ago has been dried up by time. Who gave you that sad flower, and what pleasant dream does it remind you of? And you answer, ah, love passes quickly, the splendid evenings of April indeed pass quickly. Now you think about it, and suddenly a tear veils your eye. Then you kiss it, trembling, and there is shining on your face a vivid smile. program's winding down, and I'm going to interrupt this album <laughs> with uh, just two further recordings by Patricia Newway. 
One was from a 1953 recording of excerpts from Jerome Kern's musical The Cat and the Fiddle. This is the song Poor Pierrot, and in it she is joined by the Broadway baritone Stephen Douglas, who was famous for his appearances in a wide variety of musicals, including Damn Yankees, 110 in the Shade, The Pajama Game, I Do, I Do, The Golden Apple, Make-A-Wish, and Carousel. He also appeared in numerous roles with City Opera and appeared in the NBC opera production of a very treacly-looking Christmas opera called Golden Child, opposite Patricia Newway. He lived from 1921 to 2011. And at the time of this recording, nearly all of his big Broadway successes were still on the horizon. setting by John Gruen of another James Joyce text. This is Alone.
I want to mention to those of you who are my Patreon supporters that there will be a bonus episode this week featuring excerpts from that recording of James Joyce songs performed by Patricia Newey and the pianist Robert Colston. On that episode, you will hear songs by Israel Sitkowitz, Seymour Barab, Samuel Barber, Thomas de Hartmann, and Hazel Fellman Buchbinder. Most of these are representative of high-minded art song in the 1940s and 50s, a genre that is virtually forgotten and these days barely ever performed. And what makes it even more interesting, of course, is that these are all settings of the texts of James Joyce. So, for those of you who are interested in that, you can look forward to the Patreon bonus episode. If you are a Patreon supporter, you can simply access it via patreon.com slash countermelody. And if you are not a supporter yet, you can go to that same website, patreon.com slash countermelody, and as soon as you make either your monthly or your yearly pledge in support of the podcast, you will gain access to that bonus episode. I have been putting out weekly bonus episodes since last April, so there is a huge selection of bonus episodes to listen to. In fact, this one that's coming will be bonus episode number 80. So, let that just be a word to the wise. (laughs) And you know what they say, a word to the wise is sufficient. So let us close off this wonderful episode with one final selection from that recital of Italian songs with Patricia Newey and Thomas Meyer. This is a song which on the record is identified simply as Ballata, but which is published as Ballata Medievale, Medieval Ballad, and it's set by Mascagni to a text by Ezio Cappelli. Dearest, let's sing of love. Life passes, but love never dies. And the woman responds, My hair is loosened at my shoulders, troubadour. My breasts are bare, and the sky is too clear. The stars make me fearful. The moon does not invite me. I will find that life that passes.
dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Guntlach.